Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the It Gets Better podcast. Today, I'm here with Sam, the owner of The Fit Fatale. Hopefully, I'm saying that right, but Sam Cutler is the creator of The Fit Fatale, a multi-platform lifestyle and wellness brand with active social communities on Instagram, TikTok, her blog, where she offers mindset habit tools for everyday life, achieving your goals, and mental wellness management. Samantha is also the host of the award-winning podcast, Spin, Scan, and Other Addictions. Over the past eight years, Sam has grown her business from zero to multi six figures while creating content for world-leading brands like Kimberly Clark, Unilever, L'Oreal, Molson, and Tesla. So welcome, Sam. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. What a great intro. That's oh. so fun. You're back and, and also like reflect on where you've come from. I'm like, hmm, one of those yeah, moments. You've done some incredible stuff. Um, I was so excited to have you on here. I feel like watching every time I see one of your transformation videos, I'm like, okay, I'm instantly inspired to take action on my life and hold myself like accountable to my goals. I feel like you were just like that girl when it comes, you know, when people talk about like being that girl. I feel like you are that girl. <laughs> that is a compliment. Hopefully that girl is in everyone's mind, like resonating properly. I know there's been some like, oh yeah. I mean, in a conversations good around it, but in the best way, right. In the way that's like, hopefully yes. that girl, we can associate her with the person that also radiates kindness and helps others get yes. to see that way. And is not just like, I'm here. Yes. You're there. I feel like that girl's like, the confident one who also is like, you can sit with us. Like I can help you like be your best self and feel good about yourself, which I love. That's that girl in 2023. Yes. Yes. Um, so I would love for everyone to get to know you a little bit. If you want to tell us all about what makes you, you, what's your story, where you came from, and then, you know, a little bit about your transformation. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being, for having me, Lindsay. We met like just as backstory for anyone we met because we were chatting in the DMs. So like social yes. friends do exist. And now I see you every time I come to New York and I message you all the time about like TikTok and our growth and we're always chatting. So it's yes. just nice to connect in that way. And I just appreciate you having me. On. Oh, side note. I was going to say, that's one of the things I love about you. And I always, whenever I'm talking to people about like influencer life and I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to meet Sam. I was like, she is such like a girl's girl because I feel like with like the influencer culture, it's easy to like get caught up in like comparison and like not wanting to help each other. I'm like, every time I have a question, I'm like, oh, I know if I ask Sam, like she gives like a genuine response you'll, you'll like voice note me and give me like every D I'm like, Oh my gosh, I wasn't <laughs> expecting all that, but it's so helpful. It's just really I'm like, you got to charge this. You got to like go in here to do this hack and you're going to get more views. It's like, there's 8 billion plus people in the world. There's always someone to consume your content and there's always another brand to work with. So the competitive piece just to me, doesn't really make much sense. We should be helping the people, especially the ones that are nice and good to us back. It's just like, and I think that's why you're so successful too. I feel like when people have like, like genuine intentions, like it comes out and I feel like you really do. So yeah, little side note, but our love affair, everyone just heard it. <laughs> we love each other. Um, yeah. So a little bit of backstory on me. So I am the creator, as Lindsay said, of the platform, The Fit Fatale, and The Fit Fatale started extremely organically. So if we back it up to, I've had my blog now for eight years, but if we back it up to that time in my life eight years ago, I had previously gone to fashion school. I was living in New York. I moved back. I'm originally from Montreal, Canada. So I'd moved back, had an amazing corporate job um, that I loved but was extremely demanding and really 
killing me and kind of putting me at a place where I was focused 100% on the job and not on me. And I think what's important through my story that I also always try to reiterate is that you can love what you do, but you can sometimes love it so much and put it first before yourself that you get burnt out and end up resenting the position you're in. So that's where I was. And I we think we see that with a lot of people in their jobs. They're like, but I love it, but I hate myself and who I'm being or in relationships or in different areas of our life. So that's sort of what I went through. And I really enjoyed what I did. I loved my boss. Um, and it's something like I always want to communicate, but I was super burnt out, ended up getting a stomach infection. Um, you know, my skin was terrible. My hair was terrible. If you take a look at any of the videos and transition transformation videos that I've shared, it was like the whole package. And now years later, looking back on it, it was really what stress did to my body. But at the time I was younger, I didn't really understand what was going on. I thought I was like, oh, I, I've gained a lot of weight or, you know, I feel not so great in my body and I feel like my skin's terrible. Oh, it's just because I need to manage what I'm eating. And I, you know, okay, I drank too much last night. And there was all these different like places to put blame. But in reality, what I needed at the time was to completely shift how I manage stress and how I manage my day-to-day -day experiences in my life. So at the same time, I was starting my blog on the side and it was a lifestyle blog. And it was very much at the OG days of blogging where it was like, I went here, I did this, this is what I wore. There's like pictures of the flat lays and, you know, the tables at blogger events and such. And I started to slowly in that process transition what I was emotionally feeling and mentally feeling into what I was communicating about. So it, as I realized like, okay, I need to get healthier. I need to start taking care of myself. I started to communicate that more and more. And I eventually realized that the way I was, was so toxic in my career that I needed to leave that career to be able to heal which is not always the case. And I don't always recommend it to everyone. But for me, it was it was like I needed to just kind of hit rock bottom um, emotionally, physically, mentally. And my body made sure I did that, which is the crazy part. So I was in this state. I was, you know, building my blog on the side, starting to dabble in like, okay, how can I take care of myself? I, I need to do that a little bit more. Starting to make money as a creator and decided to leave my full-time corporate luxury retail marketing job, which was a phenomenal job. And so many people would have wanted it, which was also really hard to transition out of when you're like, but so many people want this life. And I had it. And I decided to switch and rebrand my blog and social community to one of wellness, which at the time was not as common as it is now. And right now, as you mentioned earlier on, that girl and the story of like wellness heals, wellness helps you succeed, wellness helps you get the, the relationships and the home and achieve all these things. We've made that like parallel between the mental and the physical pieces. But eight years ago, that wasn't as much of the case. Um, and so I ended up leaving my job, deciding to focus on my blog, but taking the same pattern with me so that pattern of working nonstop, stress, stress, stress needs to be perfect. And I took it right into trying to rebuild my creator business in a wellness place, which was funny because it was contradicting what I was trying to do. And 
shortly after that, maybe a month or two after that, I ended up getting into a severe accident doing Pilates, funny enough, again, the world being like, just because it's wellness doesn't mean you're healing. Mm. And so I got into a severe accident. I fell off of a Pilates reformer machine. I, for lack of a better word, smashed the base of my skull into the wood paneling that sort of surrounds the reformer. Um, and if you guys don't know it, it's sort of like this big contraption that you use to do uh, Pilates on. And sliced open my head, was bleeding, had a terrible concussion, was rushed to the hospital. And that process, I thought, oh, quitting my job is rock bottom. That was when the world was like, okay, no, you're st- or the universe told me you're starting from point zero. You need to heal yourself, girl. Like you need to heal your gut. You can't just say you are, you can't just turn an online community into a wellness community and be like, look, this is my story. You're going to watch me heal. It was really like, this is my story. Watch me heal. Like it just, wow. it put it in my face. Um, so I ended up being bedridden for about three months with that severe concussion. I had saved all that I could to leave my job to, you know, try to make it as a creator at the time when it was still hard to get paid as a creator and spent most of that money on my rent while I was lying in bed for three months when I thought I'd be building my career. And I realized that the only way I could heal in that time because I was bedridden was by like meditation and journaling and reflecting. And if you've ever had a severe, a severe concussion brain trauma, any type of, you know, brain impact that affects all of your senses, you really have to strip it back and kind of use one at a time. So I had to, I couldn't read while I was, you know, listening to music. Like you have to just focus on one thing at a time. And that process and like the neurologist that followed me through that process actually made me open my mind and my eyes and the doors to a different side of wellness that wasn't, oh, I just need to eat better and stop drinking as much. And like my acne will go away and my skin, my skin will heal and my body will deflate and I'll be fine. It was like, no, you need to start healing the mind and the mental piece and start meditating and start slowing down and change your rhythm and change the way that you view your life and approach life and approach stress work. Um, And that's how I went on this journey, which I talk about a lot on TikTok of like, from here to here, but I don't always tell that backstory. So I want to just introduce that also to your community because I think that's cool. Yeah. I had no idea about the brain injury. Yeah. It was wild. And actually I shared about it recently. There was, there's been a lot more information around brain trauma and the impacts of concussions recently. And we've seen a lot of how it impacts Um, professional athletes, especially football players, but there's a lot more research that's coming out and that's getting approved and getting shared in mainstream media. And even just like, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago, there wasn't as much and it wasn't communicated as much. And so I actually didn't heal a hundred percent. So I now have what's called post-concussion syndrome, which means that I get concussion symptoms And they'll diagnose you with post-concussion syndrome if you have concussion syndromes a couple months after. I have them seven, eight years later. Wow. And not all the time, but sometimes in certain triggers and all these different things. So 
Um, I'm now back being followed by a neurologist and a specialist, but what's crazy is that it's linked all to mental health and, you know, all sorts of different impacts. Um, but I think there needs to be more awareness on that. And as I spoke out about that last December, just a couple of months ago, so many women messaged me and said, hang on, I had a concussion or I had this accident or I had this thing happen to me. I thought I was fine. I was okay for like a couple of weeks or a couple of months. So the doctor said, you're good. Just go back to your normal life. I did that. And now my symptoms are still here. Wow. Can I ask what some of those symptoms are? Cause yeah. I, I don't know much about, I've never had one. I don't like know anyone like close to me that's had a concussion. So I don't know much about like what those symptoms are like. A hundred percent. And what I'll do is I'll also send you a post that I did in December where I actually have an infographic from Cleveland clinic and a few other just health professionals that are sharing it. Cause I'm sharing obviously from my personal experience, but I'm not a health professional. Amazing. So. And I'll link that for everyone who's listening. I'll link that in the show notes. So you can go directly to your post to see that as well. Amazing. Yeah. And I want anyone that's listening to this to just know that like, these are my personal experiences. So if there's anything that they're thinking, or they might've had brain trauma, just of course, consider, you know, discussing that with your GP or with a neurologist or a specialist. Um, but some of those long-term, those long-term symptoms are things like dizziness, headaches, um, light sensitivity is a really big one for me, but anxiety and depression are also symptoms of that. So those were big ones for me that I never had before that accident. I had stress, which if you suffer from anxiety or depression, which Lindsay, I know you do, and you speak mm -hmm. out about it and you, you know, it's, it's a constant reality in, in a lot of people's lives. It's very different than stress. So I never had that sort of like underlying physical, um, the actual like physical symptoms of anxiety. And so that was like directly to it, um, you, the way that your gut operates like their brain gut connection is so substantial when you're having when you have a brain injury as well the way that you process information your memory um there's honestly so many because you're in a concussion your brain gets injured like any other part of your body and if you have a broken arm you put it in the sling and you let mm -hmm. it heal and you're like okay great I'll use my other hand but when you have your a brain injury it's really hard for us as humans. It's hard for us to sit down and meditate, let alone give ourselves a couple weeks or a couple months to rest our brain. Wow. Like, what does that really mean? Um, and so most of us don't do it. So a lot of people do have some type of symptoms, but depending on the severity of that accident or the severity of how long you go without addressing them is mm -hmm. sort of how they show up. So one thing that I always say it's interesting is I get when I get anxious or I get like a physical symptom it, or um, a mental symptom, it triggers a physical symptom. So I will get like extremely anxious and then I'll get a pounding headache. But if I calm my nervous system, the headache goes away. So it's wow. not like a headache from I need to eat or like I'm dehydrated or, you know, I need to sleep. It's like very much linked and it becomes very clear over time how closely linked those are. Wow. Okay. I had no idea about any of this. I'm sure that was massively scary. And I'm sure it kind of altered, you know, like you said, your life and what you were used to. Um, you talked about how wellness for you, well, something you learned is that wellness wasn't just like, if I eat a certain way, like my acne will clear up. I'd love to hear a little bit more about um, what wellness is to you. Like, what is that overall picture of wellness? Like since this whole, you know, the brain injury, quitting your job, like what has wellness what, you know, what does that become for you? Yeah. It's interesting, you know, as many of us 
I guess like 90s babies. We grew up with magazines that told us like, do this for three days and you'll lose 50 pounds and just mm-hmm. all this like fake information, I guess, around wellness. And we also grew up with the conversation that wellness was being skinny and, you know, health was being skinny and looking pretty. That was what we thought health was. And I'm happy to say, to say and see the conversation change so drastically now and, you know, 30 years later, but when you grow up with that, it's programmed in your brain still. And it's really difficult to get out of that. And I think we have a really big power as a generation right now for those who can heal that trauma of having to, any type of like body, you know, insecurities or any trauma around that, if we can heal that to kind of make the communication of, okay, there's so many more pieces to feeling good. And so what I do today now on my platforms across Instagram, TikTok, blog, podcast, we have have a lot of different outlets for however you choose to consume your information. But a lot of what we try to bring home is how nutrition, how mindfulness, how the habits and the actions that you take daily help you to become a better you and achieve what you want in life and achieve your highest self. And it's not just about the way you look and it's not just about what you consume, but it's about how everything ties into each other and is really this cyclical, you know, pattern throughout your day. And we built, so I started tracking what those symptoms, what those, sorry, I started tracking what those habits were and, you know, taking note for me personally, I think I I went through this journey for a couple of years and started to feel a little bit better and started to, you know, regulate my fitness and wellness, but it wasn't until I kind of honed in on what those habits were that I started to realize this is where like the cycle happened where it's smooth sailing sort of where I get into this pattern of, okay, I'm actually feeling good. It's not just today. I look good. So I I'm happy and I feel good because I look good. Um, and so once I started tracking those habits, I realized these are the seven habits. Like I, I was tracking seven habits. I realized these are the seven habits that work for me that really have changed my life and really helped me. You guys see the physical, but I feel the internal, I feel the mental and um, I see how it affects my relationships and my work and everything. So once I started tracking those, I realized about a year ago, okay, I need to start talking more about these habits. Yeah. And how can I bring these to other people? How can we communicate this? So I was literally tracking them on like a sheet. I was writing them down every single day and I was checking them off if I did them. So it was like Monday, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Tuesday, whatever. So then I said, okay, and I had shared it with my team, which is the funny part. It was like right in front of us. When people think about like, how can I evolve my business? It's usually right in front of you. So the girls who work with me were tracking it and we were all tracking it and we're like, this helps us so much. And then we realized, okay, we need to turn this into a product and share this Mm -hmm. with people. Um, And so we launched what we call the Fit Planner, which is like very you know, old school, I guess, in a way of saying like, it's your weekly planner. It's a sheet. You write it down, you fill it out on Sunday as you're prepping for the week. I literally stick it on my fridge every week on Sunday and like have it there, but it helps you track the seven fundamentals of wellness that we speak to, which is, um, your sleep, your water intake, your supplements, your nutrition, your workouts, 
um, additional movement because we often forget about that. We think like I worked out for 20 minutes. So that was like Mm. all I needed for the day, but then we sit sedentary. Um, And then your water intake, I think I said, and your mindfulness practice. So those are the seven um, things that we track within the Fit Planner every day. And the reality is that when you track something, you can eventually turn it into a habit, whether that's 21 days, whether that's three months, a lot of people have different opinions on it. But at the end of the day, when you continuously do something and you stay consistent to it, it turns into a habit. And so while I was doing that and turned these seven fundamentals of wellness into habits, I realized, okay, now these became habits. I don't actually have to think about them. So I freed up this extra mental space and freed up this this limited, so we have finite willpower, right? It's not infinite. So we start every day, let's say with a hundred percent, but when we convince ourselves to go to the gym or we convince ourselves to not get mad at our partner, like every single choice takes from our willpower, whether that's what you're eating or doing, et cetera. So when you can turn something in your life into habit and it becomes autopilot and it stops taking, even if it takes a little bit, takes way less willpower to do it, You now free up this willpower and people with depleted willpower tend to be the people that are snappy, mean, like just angry at themselves, at their life, frustrated with things. So when we can, like, not only do those wellness habits make us feel good, but let's also not let those habits become stressors and taking away from how we can show up as individuals in our lives and our work and everything. So we launched that product last, um, August and it's a key part of what we communicate and what we do today. Um, so if you're interested, I'll I'll link it for you also. Oh my gosh, I feel like I had so many light bulb moments. I never thought about the fact that like the whole willpower thing of like sometimes it does feel like a chore getting myself to do some of the habits I want because they haven't actually become like a habit. I have to remind myself. And then once I do it, I, I obviously feel so much better that I did it. But it's like that mental stress of it. And I'm like, that is so smart. And I also love that your planner focuses more on habits versus work, work, work. Because I feel like now so many planners, which is obviously it's okay to care about your job, but it's like, that's all the focus is on lately. And I think it's so smart that you are taking the focus, like the planner is fully about feeling your best and not just about making sure you go to your nine to five every day. And I think that's so beneficial. And I do want to say everything you come out with is incredible. Um, I'm currently wearing the sweatpants. I was wearing the sweatshirt, um, but I was getting too hot in here, but I'm wearing the sweatpants right now. And I have the magnet on my fridge. I can see it every single day about investing in myself. So everyone listening, I do recommend the Fit Planner, her merch, her sweats, all of it. Um, Sorry, I just had to give that a little So cute, thank you. Um, And I'm curious, so- you mentioned those seven habits. If someone is like, okay, I have no healthy habits. I don't know where to start. I'm kind of lost. If you had to pick one, maybe one or two, what would you say is for you was like the best place to start with your habits? Or did you start with trying to build them all at once? Or was it like a, an incline? I don't think I started in the right place, but I think now retrospectively, I can look back and say what I think I would have done and where someone would start. And I would have to say with walking. Okay. Like, so walking to me, I also have a community called Fit Girl Walks, which Lindsay was referencing our sweatsuits. We have a bunch of different merch and I host community walks um, across North America. We've done them, you know, all throughout the Northeast and we'll soon have some down in Florida and such, but they're basically just walks for women to get together, free community events, talk, talk, like everyone networks. They talk about what they want to do with their lives. They talk about where they are. It's just really fun 
sort of wellness community to come together. But the reason I say walks is because it's free. There is zero like resistance to or, or barrier to entry. It is accessible to most as long as we are have willing and able bodies that can help us walk. It is something that can be 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, like whatever you can give it. It gets you out in nature, which is so important. Of course, if it's winter and it's a terrible day, like, yes, getting on the treadmill is better than nothing. And I do that too when I'm up north. But it's it's just something that's so accessible and it completely shifts your mindset. And you can also, like, if you've ever seen anything on um, habit stacking, walking is one of the easiest ways to habit stack. So you can literally walk and listen to a podcast or you can walk and you know, do your business call. You can touch base with a girlfriend that's going to make you feel really good inside. You can even like answer emails while you're walking. Obviously it's not the most beneficial, but like I do it because I walk for an hour every day. It's like, I don't have an hour to take out of my day. So I jump on a call, I do my emails. So I feel like walking gets so much, like you get so much more than what you put in. It just gives you back a lot. Um, And I think that's where I would start if anyone was like, I have zero foundation. To feel good, that would be the first thing I would suggest. I love that. And I love that you mentioned habit stacking. That's something I really want to work on is realizing that when I'm doing one thing that doesn't take up too much energy, like you said, walking, it's so easy to add something with it. Cause sometimes I'll just go on a walk and I'll come back and I'm like, why didn't I at least bring my headphones? So right. I'm going to implement that. Cause I do think, like you said, it's getting two things done at once. And I actually love the idea of doing emails while I'm walking. Cause I'm like, sometimes I'm sitting here on my computer and I'm just thinking, I want to get outside. Yeah. So, um, you also mentioned, I know I'm backtracking a little bit, but you talked a little bit about how you, when you first left your corporate job and you started working for yourself, you took that same aspect of go, go, go and added it to your business. How was that learning to slow down? Because I think that's something a lot of people struggle with myself included. I actually have been struggling with that a little bit right now, trying to figure out what parts of my business I'm going to put on the back burner for a bit, because I'm someone who's always trying to add new things. I, my friend recently called it shiny object syndrome. Cause you see that someone else is doing other things. You think, Oh, I want that too. And I realized the other day, I'm like, I'm doing too much. So because of that, I'm not doing anything well to the point of what I want to do it. And I don't have enough time to focus on myself either. So it's like a constant state of working, burnout, working, burnout. So I'd love any tips, uh, insight on what it was like going from go, go, go to learning how to rest. Obviously you had the brain injury that kind of forced you to slow down, but afterwards, did you find yourself wanting to go back to that go, 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 or were you able to kind of teach yourself like, you know, go, you know, balance is key almost. I think you said something really important as well. You said you're struggling with it and because you're doing so many different things, you're not doing anything well and you're spread too thin. The first thing is that like, you are doing so many things well, and this is for you, Lindsay, but it's also for anyone listening who's resonating and saying like, that's me. I'm doing so many, I'm a, I'm a mom and I'm working and I'm here and I'm trying to build a side hustle. And you're doing a lot of those things well, but you don't feel like you are because you're so depleted and because your willpower is so empty at the end of the day, you feel like you just did what you had to do. Okay. You, I feel like I have chills. I feel like I needed that. You, yeah. Like we all need to hear that. And I need to hear that as well. Like I am 110% a work in progress, like still working on getting this, you know, figured out. And I don't think we ever figure out. I think that's the fun part. It's like, 
things get certain things just like are smoother sailing, but it doesn't get easy. It just gets like, you know, more manageable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a better word. Um, so yeah, I think that's important for us to remember. It's how we feel. And then we feel at the end of the day, like, okay, I didn't do anything well, or I didn't really invest myself. And I think that's a piece of presence of being present in the actions that we're taking versus not being present and running through that to-do list and running through all these tasks makes us feel like I didn't, I must've not driven home well, cause I don't even really remember driving. I was just sort of doing it. But if you're actually like present in the moment that you're having, whether that's driving, whether that's here on this podcast, whether that's dinner with your partner or finishing something for work, instead of thinking about the next thing you need to do that on its own will make you feel like you're doing something a lot more efficient and, and giving your all to it, which makes you feel rewarded. I love that. That's really important. Um, do you think that you, I was, I'm trying to think of how to word it. Do you think that now you are pretty good? Cause we talked a lot about where you've been and then what you've built. Do you think now you are at a place where you can confidently say like, you know, I'm really, I'm present. Obviously, like you said, you're a work in progress, but do you feel like you've seen like a big, because I feel like when I see you on TikTok, I've seen just in your photos and your transformation videos, I'm like, wow, she really has done like massive transformation. Do you feel like, like, can't you know, how you said that sometimes we all need a little bit of recognition. Do you notice within yourself, like, wow, I've transformed so much? We are our own worst critics always. And I don't think that that ever gets that ever goes away. I think we'll Mm -hmm. always be there with our ego judging ourselves, whether that's what we internally feel or whether that's just that little voice in our head. Um, The things that help me are realizing that that voice is not us, right? Mm -hmm. That voice is just a noise, a person, an ego, a little thing that like our doubts, our, our worries sort of telling us like, you haven't done enough. You haven't gotten there. Um, and where is there? That's not even a real place, right? It's this imaginary idea. I know how substantially I have changed and I recognize how much I have changed my life and changed the way that I approach things and my openness to the unknown and the uncomfortable. I think we need to get really comfortable with what's uncomfortable to be able to grow. But I do think that it comes in cycles like anything. So right now I'm in the midst of, we have a new project we're working on for work that's coming out um, the beginning of summer. I have my wedding in six weeks. I have, you know, we have a lot of growth and different partnerships happening on all platforms. I also created a company with my partner that's doing really well and growing quite substantially right now. So there's a lot of pieces, but the reality is that once you bring awareness into what your problem is or what you're, you're um, fighting with, that is the first step, right? They say that in anything. It's the first step with like addiction. It's the first step with healing. It's the first step. Like if you say, oh, I need to get therapy or I have something going on, like that's the first step to moving towards your healing process. So if you can just say, I know I do this, like anyone listening, I know I do this. So let me try to catch myself and bring self-awareness. You've already healed a lot of that problem Mm -hmm. because the problem is that you're not catching yourself. The problem is like the only way to be present is to recognize that you're not present and to say like, okay, I'm really running through this day. My anxiety is through the roof. It's 
for lack of a better word, fake, because I'm bringing it on myself. I'm making my own to-do list. I'm, I'm, I'm channeling this anxiety and this perfectionism. Okay. I'm just going to stop and go for a walk. Right. Or like, and do whatever. And so having things that you can split up that moment with is really a really powerful tool, whether that's going for a coffee, making a coffee at home, like just split it up somehow, even if it's like stopping and drinking your water and just saying like, okay, let me check in. And if you need to check in or you need to put a timer on your phone for every 30 minutes, like ding, ding, ding. Are you feeling present? Are you just running through your day? Are you just running through the actions? That is half of the battle of us actually slowing down and taking care of ourselves. Um, and I had no idea of any of this. I also think I was young in that, pro- like I was 25 when I had that brain injury and I left my career. So I was really young and naive. And I thought that, I thought that success meant just being perfect because a lot of our schooling system teaches us that today, like success is that you get straight A's. Success is that you're part of every committee. I mean, I grew up in that type of schooling environment, which I got an amazing education. I'm very happy I did, but that's just a fundamental piece of our culture in North America. And then we take that in our early twenties into our career. And so that's why you see this huge mass, like exodus of people leaving corporate and starting their own things and thinking that that's the only way that they can be happy. And that's the only way that they can live a fulfilling life. But oftentimes it's because they need to somehow strip away this like trauma and this learning thing to unlearn that perfectionism is the way to succeed and that everyone needs to be happy. Every teacher needs to give you an A. Well, every person in my corporate job needs to be loving what I'm doing. And every person I meet needs to be like, okay, and liking my social media content, right? So that can, you can project that into whatever area of your life. But I think that's why we see these, this like mass, like I'm doing it for me, like pick you. Pick you doesn't mean don't work hard. It doesn't mean like spend the rest of your day on your couch watching Netflix. That is not picking you. Picking you and doing what you need for you in that moment is actually just like slowing down, listening and realizing that you're never going to make everyone happy. So just make you happy. Mm, Wow. I really, really love that. If you could go back and tell younger you um, at your most stressed something, what would you tell her? Hmm. I think she always came to the same outcome I would want her to. I don't regret anything in life, but the number one thing I would tell myself was that take the risk and trust that the universe will catch you and trust the timing of your life. Hmm. Just If you just throw that out there and just throw that into the unknown and say like, I know that everything will work out as it's supposed to, that timing and the power of the universe will just align, you stop controlling and you release. Like I'm obsessed with Gabby Bernstein. I, I, she, her book, The Universe Has Your Back changed my life. I haven't read that. I've heard it's really good. Should I read that? Phenomenal. It is her greatest. It's her greatest book in my opinion. Okay and transformative to so many people. But the foundation of the book is just release, just release control, trust the universe, look for signs if you need them, but just have faith 
that everything that's working out is supposed to. And so even in the pain and even in the sorrow and the moments that are tougher, you can step back and say like, it's okay because I'm trusting that this is getting me there. And I think my younger self didn't trust. I thought that I drove everything, which we control how much effort and and our minds and and the way that we show up as individuals. But beyond that, we don't control our timing. We don't control other people's actions. We don't control how the rest of these, these factors affect our lives, our life. And I was so strung up on like, well, it's not the right timing to leave my job. Well, I don't have enough in my bank account. Well, I need to stay here because it's a good job because other people think it's good. This is really scary. This is you know, and really caring about what other people think and really caring about like how I could control it. How can I eliminate every single risk factor? Well, if you have no risk, you have very little reward. Mm. And that's something that I learned over time because the scariest things have always reaped the most reward. And sometimes they bite you in the ass for a little bit, but that learning is worth so much right? Like, it's not that I left my job and I didn't, I was like bedridden for three months. I didn't have any income. I was sitting there like, oh shit, this is not going well, <laughs> right? Like this is like, you know, but at the end of the day, that fire and that like passion came through and the healing came through and the learning came through and it came out to the results it would have. If I was still doing that, I, I don't think, I don't think I'd be able to help people in any way. And that ate me every day. And I think that like by trying to help myself now, I can be in a position of, and a place to have a voice to help people. That is honestly beautiful. I won't keep you much longer, but I did want to ask is one thing you talked about helping people and you do have like, you have cultivated such an amazing community, but not just online, also in person with your fit girl walks. Um, I'd love to hear like what inspired you to get people in person. I think that's really cool to bring, you know, online relationships in person. I'd love to hear like what inspired that and um, just how, how it's going. I love the in-person. I am, I feed off of people's energy and if I'm having a down day and I go for a walk with a, even someone, if it's the first time I'm meeting them, just like chatting and hearing their story and what they're doing, I really, it really fills up my cup. And I think it, a lot of people came to that realization over the pandemic when we were separated that we need physical connection. Yes, touch, but not just that, like women, this is not a new like cultural thing, regardless of what culture women come together and we connect and we chat and we talk about what we're going through and it makes us so much stronger as individuals. So coming out of the pandemic, you know, there was this whole, we had launched fit girl walk challenge and a lot of women were walking and connecting online. We have a private Facebook group. They were sharing stories. They were in, you know, Barcelona sharing their sunrise. They were in Toronto and it was freezing. They were in Vancouver and like just all these different fun stories. And then we thought, okay, how can we get people together in the areas that they're in with the same sort of approach, you know, zero expectation, um, zero judgment, openness, connective, connectedness, and that people were hungry for it. So we just sort of threw it out there to our community. Like, Hey guys, I'm going to go on a walk at five o'clock on Wednesday who wants to come? We're going to do like a little event. And of course, you know, having my web of a network, I was able to reach out to like cafes and be like, Hey, I don't know who's going to come, but can we meet here? Like, can we grab coffees? Does that work? Um, and I think businesses and brands and people are like hungry, we're hungry for that as well. And they still are. And 
so we started that way and we brought people together and right at the first one, we were probably like 10 or 15 girls. Like it was, it was not a big group. We were supposed to walk for an hour and we walked for three and a half hours. Oh, we went and ended up at the beaches in Toronto. We watched like the sun was setting. It was a spectacular day in June or July. So beautiful. After work, women started crying and hugging each other and talking about their like challenges with body image and talking about like how hard it's been to be a mom and talking about trying to start a business and not knowing where to go. And this was like 10, 15 women. We all didn't want to leave. Wow. And even after those three hours, we got back to the cafe where like people's cars were parked. And obviously the cafe was closed by this point. And we all were just like, okay, I guess we have to go now. Like this is, you know, we've sort of overstayed our welcome on the street standing here. Um, and I realized like, Hey, we're onto something like, Hey, women want to come together over a commonality of feeling good, but also just if I can cultivate a community that attracts people that are open and drop the judgment and that are willing to collaborate. And like you said it earlier in this podcast, like girls, girl, like how can we support mm-hmm. each other? If I can find more people like that and then they can find each other that's a gift that I can give in some way. And so that was where Fit Girl Walk community and and Fit Girl Walks in person started to come from. I know there's a lot of different like walking and workout events and all these things, but ours is really based off of just like cultivating connection and a safe space for, and holding space for people to talk about what they're going through if they want to. And if they don't want to just coming somewhere where they feel welcome and I think that's, yeah, it makes me warm and, and like, I'm smiling. I'm on Zoom. You guys don't see me, but Lindsay does. It just warms, it it warms my soul. It literally makes me super cheesy and excited. And every single time I do them, they end up being work. And, you know, you're like, oh, it's a whole, another thing. And then you do them and you're like, this was the best, this was the best by far moment of my life since the last one. And, you know, they're just really special. So that is honestly beautiful. Okay. Well, if people want to, uh, find you online if they want to join your next fit girl walk um, let them know like what you're up to where they can find you um, everything like that what you've got going on yeah so the best way if you want to follow me in my daily life instagram if you want to you know get more resources and helpful tools and transformation videos and information on that i would say tiktok but the best place to know about our walks and um, any different community events coming up would be my email list So that's where we really will share like, hey, we have this walk happening. It might be near you um, in a community near you. We have some coming in South Florida and some in New York and different places. So I think that'll be the best place for like anyone to find out information. And obviously like just shoot me a DM if there was anything that resonated with you. I try to get back to every single person. Um, Sometimes I just designated like a time in my bed and just kind of like answer people. But I think it's really important to just like keep cultivating that community and feel less alone. So it helps me too. I love that. Okay. Well, I will put everything linked below the post you mentioned in the beginning about the brain injury. Um, I'll have all of your socials, your email list, your website, everything. So if you guys are looking to figure out where to find Sam, just check the show notes and everything will be there. Um, and then I'll also of course share like a story of this episode directly on my Instagram too. If you're like someone who doesn't know how to use the show notes, I know they can be confusing on my Instagram. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, it'll be either on my Instagram story, or you can always check my podcast 
highlight where I link all of the guests and you can go directly to their page that way too. So thank you so much, Sam, for spending time with us today and sharing literally so much insight, so much value. I feel very inspired myself and I had like chills this whole episode. It was 10 out of 10, honestly, one of my favorites. Ah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Lindsay, and for welcoming me into your community that you've built. So I appreciate that. Oh my gosh. Anytime. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening and I will see you all next Tuesday. Bye.